Welcome to the Language Lounge. I'm Michelle Ola. I recorded this episode with Paul Jenneman, an amazing Spanish teacher from beautiful Memphis, Tennessee, way back in December, and I just got a chance to listen to our conversation again now. Paul is one of those teachers and colleagues that is both intentional and a natural at connecting with others. I hope you enjoy connecting with me and Paul through this conversation, where we talk about not just teaching a language, but also connecting language to those 21st century skills, such as creativity, technology, critical thinking, collaboration, and connecting to other content areas. You can reach out and connect to Paul on Twitter at at ProfePJ3, and you can reach me at Michelle Ola or at Lang Lounge Pod. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Language Lounge. And today I am really excited to have my friend Paul here. And Paul Jenneman, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of set the stage of what we're going to talk about today? Michelle, thank you so much for inviting me, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Uh, my name is Paul Jenneman. I am a Spanish teacher at the Memphis Academy of High Memphis Academy of Health Sciences High School in Memphis, Tennessee, where I teach Spanish one and Spanish two. And I've taught everything in Spanish from pre-K through university. I've taught AP Spanish, honors, standard, you name it. Uh, but one thing that I really want to talk about today, Michelle, and that's why I'm really glad that you reached out is connecting to students and talking about these 21st century skills. I love that. And and how far are we into this 21st century uh, we here, are, Paul? I, I, you know, it's so funny. I heard someone say the other week that we are a fifth of the way through this century. Yeah, so it's time, and right? It's, for it's us time. To, <laughs> it's time. It's time for us to like, let's let's accelerate this a little bit, right? We keep talking, I think, about like the 21st century skills. Like right. this is like super far away or yes. like, you know, way in the future. But this is now and this has yes. been for the last 20 years, right? Next year, to put it into context for our teacher friends, next year's new teachers could have been born in the year 2000. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So we are talking about a whole new generation having grown up under these 21st century skills. And Michelle and I, for our listeners, Michelle and I keep putting them in air quotes. Right. Because we keep talking, we've been talking about these since the 80s. Right. You know, these 21st right. century we're skills. We're preparing, right. Preparing exactly. for the, t- we're still talking about preparing for those 21st Ex- century skills. Exactly. Leaders in the 21st century. That, well, we're in the century. <laughs> right. It's now. Yeah. These are skills, you know, <laughs> they're skills. <laughs> yes. We can drop the 21st century part, <laughs> exactly. right? Let, let's just talk about what, what students need, right? Those skills exactly. that students need, right? Uh, one of the things we talked about uh, when we were kind of just brainstorming and discussing was... Uh, the fact that I feel like, even though it has been 20 years now, we've been in the 21st century, um, that the last, now see again, time has no meaning, the last two years almost now yeah. that we've been in this global pandemic uh, COVID situation, I feel like some of this has really come to head in even a more important way. Um, and I know you mentioned that as well. What mm-hmm. are you seeing in your classroom as far as these really important life skills, thinking skills, you know, learning skills, all of these um, content skills, all of these sort of things. What are you seeing that you feel might have either changed or is different now in the last, you know, 18 months 
24 months? Yeah, I think it's really student-teacher collaboration. Uh, mm. I think peer-to-peer has always been there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, working in groups, we teachers have always facilitated those kinds of things. We've already, we've always uh, prized those kinds of like groups, the group thinking, you know, group working skills, things like that. Um, but what we haven't, I think, noticed as much is the student-teacher relationship, the student-teacher And how important that is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Until we, hit the pan- until we hit the pandemic and I'm getting messages left and right getting messages from all kinds of students also, not just the ones that are always, you know, raising their hands, Mm -hmm. but the shy ones, the quiet ones, the ones who like, wait, you're still in my class. That kind of, you know, that kind of kid is sending me a message through our platform. We used Google classroom when we first, like in spring of 2020, let me switch to Microsoft teams. So I'm getting teams messages. I'm getting comments in the general thread in the chat. I'm getting Skype phone calls. Like from, from these kids asking for help or asking questions or commenting, what are we doing? Okay, what's our next step? Did I understand this correctly? Can you help me? And that's one thing that I didn't see necessarily when we were in the classroom. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. It really is. And I love the word that you use, partnership. Mm-hmm. And not even just relationship, but partnership, I mm-hmm. think, is a super powerful word that, that you use there. And I think coming back into school, so my school's full-time now. Uh, We have asynchronous Fridays, which works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I see that partnership having continued because students, I mean, we're into December now, but students are still so thankful to be in school. Um, They're still so thankful to be here. And I really feel like they're, well, maybe they got a little too used to that, like one-on-one, I I can message you anytime I want. So they're still like raising raising their hands at the moment. But I love it because they're not afraid to, here's here's another thing that that I really noticed this week. Not only are they afraid to ask questions, are they not afraid to ask questions? They're not afraid to try. That's that's interesting. It is because never in my life, well, maybe a couple of instances here and there, but have I had a group of students who are so willing to try, to communicate, to write, to speak, and get things wrong? I um I graded or uh, I rated a student's paper last week, and it was riddled with errors. Mm-hmm. End of Spanish one. He communicated. He communicated beautifully, and I could not say enough good things about it. I oh, mean, amazing. he had conjugations to the best of his ability. He had yeah. pronouns all throughout there. He had his concept. Like, there's no way you can tell me that that wasn't an intermediate. Wow, intermediate love. You know, it really, really was. It really, really was. At these, so my students in general are soltándose, you know, they're, they're getting out there. They're really trying to make an effort to communicate. And for all our teacher, teacher nerd, grammar nerd friends, mm-hmm. I've never had a group so willing and able and uh, adept at conjugating <laughs> as I have this year. <laughs> That's really funny. So let me ask you this. But, that, yeah. Do you think that, do you attribute any of that willingness to, um, you know, try and and fail and that sort of willingness. Do you attribute that to an expanded relationship or partnership that you have with them? Or or do you think it might be something else? Or what do you think is going on there? I think it I think it is due to more of a partnership. Um I think we have with smaller class sizes now, mm-hmm. um, our school has gone to a different model where we're on a semester block 
And so that can reduce our class sizes. So that's a big factor. So students had that same kind of access to me as they did last year when they were, you know, just on teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think it is a matter of try. And I think this may be a generational thing that we haven't Mm -hmm. encountered before. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you mentioned, the pandemic kind of accelerated that. Um, You know, we we in education have talked a lot about gamification and ways Mm -hmm. to engage our students and things like that. But when they're already, they're already playing games, they already have to, you know, they have to make it through this level. They have to make it through this next level, things like that. They have to work together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to, a, conf- I went to um, a session at our Tennessee Language Teachers Conference a couple weeks ago about using Discord. Mm, interesting. Students on- Explain for um, some of us old people that, <laughs> <laughs> um, that may not know what that is. I only do because I have a teenager. Exactly. And, and so... so- Discord is a language communicating app or communication app that uh, a lot of times players use, like Mm -hmm. when they're playing like Xbox, PlayStation, those multiplayer games, they'll either talk or chat over Discord. Perfect. And so this Japanese teacher here at the University of Memphis uh, used Discord as a a platform for her classes in order to chat, talk, interact, things like that. So in using those kinds of things, so she noticed that she had higher student participation higher um, engagement and interaction, not just with her as a professor, but also amongst the students. So me being in the classroom and we have reduced class sizes, I think, and also because our students are so used to that, let me try, try, try mm-hmm. with, with TikToks, with yeah. you know, trends, with uh, yeah. Instagram trends, with all these other things that they're already trying. Well, this is just one more thing. Why not? Right. Exactly. That's that's super interesting. And you know, one of the things that I think about, and I, I think about me um, as a teacher, well, as a learner, as mm-hmm. a person, even when you're talking about gaming, you know, we're like a lot of us teachers now, mid-career mm-hmm. and above, are of the same sort of area when even video gaming was liter- uh, linear. Yeah. Right, I talk about that. Think about Mario, mm-hmm. and, you know, Mario Brothers, and you went or Donkey Kong. And I'm really dating myself here, but you know, you would go in a row, and you it, we think in a way like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so my son totally does not think in that way, in that yeah. sort of linear way where you do this and then you have to do this and then you have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's very much that open exploratory platform. Mm-hmm. You wander around, you try things, you pick things up, you see what happens, yep. you die, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you are, you know, whatever happens. And then you just, you know, you're reborn, you start over, you learned and you try again. And mm-hmm. I think even I find that very interesting. Like you said, it's not just the situation, it's also this group of students that are mm-hmm. approaching things in, in different ways and yeah. expect different things, right? Yep. Um, and they're coming into the workforce, like you said. Yes. You know, yes. there are colleagues, actually, um, they're very innovative and creative and, you know, um, maybe nonlinear and they have so much to bring in. And so, you know, how do we that is where the workforce is going when we talk mm-hmm. about those, you know, finger quote, uh, 21st century skills, mm-hmm. right? We're talking collaboration and curiosity and critical thinking right. and uh, creativity, all those, you know, problem solving, all of those things that the workplace needs now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are we doing? And I think that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit too. Like, right. what are we doing in our classrooms to really help students with this, not just the language and the words that they need in order to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's different. But how are we, what else are we doing to, in a deliberate sort of intentional way 
to wrap in some of these, you know, um, skills, whatever we want to call them, soft skills, 21st yeah. century skills, along with our, our language, teaching them the language. So what are some things right. that, that you're, that you're thinking and doing in your classroom? I, I think it starts with intentionality. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking back to when I had essentially a computer lab in my classroom, I was really fortunate to be working in a school where, um, my principal had uh, learned one of those uh, language labs. Mm-hmm. And so in my classroom, he worked closely with our, um, our county director at the, at the time to get, that, to get that installed. And then a bunch of computers in my classroom as well. So intentionality was a big thing that if I want them to have this skill at the end, then I need to start building that in here at the beginning of my lesson. Absolutely. So, so I had them all create a Gmail address. We started working with Google Docs. I would push out notes to them. They would collaborate. Um, you know, we worked on Google Slides and things like that. And those are things that I've continued working with throughout the years with my students. And students throughout the years have said, you're the only teacher that makes us do this. Why can't other teachers do this as well? Like, well, that's the thing. You need to demand it. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not demand, but you need yeah. to ask for it, you know? So there's an intentionality that comes with it. And I'm fortunate to be working in a school now where a lot of our teachers, okay, let's find this, let's find this tool. Let's work with this together. Let's share it out. Mm -hmm. And so they're, I'm working with a group now of teachers who really want to try. Mm -hmm. We're really working to find different things. And I think when our students see that we teachers are collaborating, we teachers are working on different things, then it makes it easier for our students to do that as well. Absolutely. I am, I am very big on, um, like you said, just being trying to be intentional and deliberate. So mm-hmm. if we're looking at, let's take a, another. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, just computer literacy, right? right and right. and digital literacy. And we always talk about, oh, they're digital natives and they know all mm-hmm. of this. And I'm telling you, that is not true. No. There's a difference between scrolling TikTok and doing videos like that and, you know, other complicated or complex things that mm-hmm. are, are needed for collaboration, you know, that sort of thing. And you're right. right. You do need to be deliberate in your, you know, using of those tools and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think even when we look at, I, I think some of the most interesting, when you think about like the 21st century skills mm-hmm. document, like the one that, that Actful has one for world languages. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you look at some of these um, one of them that strikes me is communication. Of course, we're mm-hmm. all about language and about communication. But one, some of the 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 ticks underneath it, when it kind of goes into that a little bit more, talks about using communication for specific purposes, mm-hmm. right? And so, information, instruction, persuasion, motivation, things like that. And then it also talks about articulating thoughts and ideas. And not just, it doesn't say mm-hmm. saying words, it's talking about thoughts and ideas and opinions and how, mm-hmm. you know, kind of deeper sort of meaningful context. That doesn't always come with a pre-planned, you know, uh, curriculum of some sort. You have to be very thoughtful about how, yeah, yeah a vocab list, an isolated yeah. vocab list. Like what is a vocabulary list of clothing? How is that invoking any articulating any thoughts or big ideas, right? right. Or how is that, um, you know, using communication for a purpose, right? And so mm-hmm. I find that very interesting, you know, looking at our curriculum, maybe we want to start there. Um, and maybe you have some places where you have tried to add in meaningful contexts, 
um, to your curriculum where you're bringing in some of these mm -hmm. either technology skills, creativity, collaboration, um, you know, any of those sort of skills? Well, the skills, I'm, I'm going to get, I, I might get some hate mail for this. Tweet at, <laughs> at me, profapj3. <laughs> but a thought I have had, and something I something I keep in mind when I am lesson planning is teaching skills first. Well, teaching kids first, yeah. Teaching skills second, and then if it happens to get some Spanish in there at the end of the day, then we're good. So explain I, that a little bit more. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I feel like I'm almost teaching more skills than I am Spanish words and sentences. Mm -hmm. And through that, now the way that I'm doing that, of course, is by showing them how to access links, mm -hmm. having them write a post, write reflections, write you know, how to access um, how to access celebrities' Instagrams, showing mm -hmm. them how to search for that, showing them different hashtags. It's not just as one person. It's not just one image. Everyone about this hashtag is doing that. I did that one year with El Dia de los Reyes, about mm -hmm. the Three Kings Day, Epiphany. And I showed students on Instagram, it's like, see, this is one person's, this is how one person is celebrating. But hitting this hashtag, you see how all of the Spanish speaking world is celebrating. You see their mm -hmm. videos. And I think that's something that students are much more willing to engage with. Um, because when you, when you have the teacher who has a bunch of magazines across the hall, that is one way to get your hands on something. When you have someone, students aren't always have, students don't always have magazines. Mm -hmm. But what they do have is that phone in their hand, you know? And so when we show them that power that they, oh, okay, well, that's this and that's that, um, makeup tutorials. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that yes. I've never thought about. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a student tell me that they like to watch makeup tutorials in Spanish. So that's the kind of thing. And if we think about it too, that's a lot of commands. So I have to you tell know? you a funny. I have to okay. tell you a funny, okay. a funny story about that because I was, I you know I have these like little annoyances, right? Where I'm like, when have I ever? So typically, level two, you have your reflexive unit, right? Mm. Where you need to get them to know the reflexives, um, and so you do things like tell your schedule from the minute you wake up until you get home. Mm. And I always say nobody's ever asked me like. What time do you shower? What right. time do you go to bed? What right. time do you brush, you know, do you brush your teeth? You know, nobody's ever asked me those questions in real life. And so I was always like, why are we doing this? Like, mm -hmm. can we find either a more appropriate context that's realistic? And this, this young person, this uh, younger uh, young person told me, they're like, oh, but when you're, if you're scripting out a makeup tutorial, you might say those things. And mm. I'm like, because I've never again, I, so I googled and youtubed i went to youtube and saw how many makeup tutorials there are right where they are exactly doing commands or they're yep. doing kind of reflexive like first i you know i do this i put my makeup on and then i do this and so i'm like oh well i guess for and some people fine. that yeah. is a context right yep. that is meaningful interesting engaging yep. you know real world and i just didn't know about it right I until no, i yeah. asked so yep. i find that i find that interesting yep. so but again, I think the other really powerful thing about what you just said, you know, like bringing, showing them how to access, exactly how to access YouTube for, you know, in the target language, how to access yes. Instagram, how to do those sort of things is because then they have the power 
and the ability to now go and explore on their own exactly. and be creative, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we want to do is that we want them to, at the end of the day, yes, I want them to know Spanish. Yes, I want them to be able to communicate. I also want them to be culturally competent. I want mm -hmm. them to be able to understand where another person is coming from if they are from a Spanish-speaking context, or even if they're a neighbor that they don't agree with. But I also want them to be able to go to their next class and be able to use these skills of, okay, I already have OneDrive through my school account. I can type my paper in Microsoft Word. It saves automatically to OneDrive, and then I can attach it you know, all of these mm -hmm. things that we're working with in teams, my wife has been working with in her job for years. Absolutely. You know, and I tell my students, these are skills that you will need. You know, like I did a whole, <laughs> I said, when are we, when are we going to do online school? I said, I did a whole master's degree online. Mm -hmm. You know, even back in right. the dark ages, I had parts of my class, my undergrad, that was online, you yes. know? Absolutely. So these, yeah. So these and things I think are the other thing, relevant. yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing that brings up, um, I just inter I just had a podcast with um, Yvonne, and I, I don't know if he his is going to be before this or after this, but okay. one of the things we we talked about was life is not segmented into yes. nice little math and and geography and Spanish and computer you know computer literacy classes, mm -hmm. and life is not like that, right? Right. They are all blended together, and so that idea of of teaching the skills and helping them do the skills that mm -hmm. then are going to, you know, work in all aspects of, of their life. Yes. And again, using, you know, a very, you know, using another language in order to do these things mm -hmm. um, brings it to that, that next, um, that next level. Yeah. Uh, are there any other like um, curriculum ideas either that you've done, seen, or are thinking about that are kind of doing the same thing, bringing in that, maybe that creativity or that student choice or um, some of those sort of um, sort of skills? Yes. One of the things that I like to do at the beginning of a unit is play match or scrap. And that is where I'll put up our curriculum document on the, on the whiteboard and students kind of tick off, okay, do we want to match this or do we already know it? Is this something oh, that we nice. want to do or is this something that you already know or we can swap out for something else? Uh, so that's, that's one thing I like to do. And uh, <laughs> have you ever had any, that's awesome. Have you ever had any um, surprises like uh, from students of things that they either wanted to keep or wanted to scrap that, that you can think of? I'm just curious. I don't remember off the top. I don't remember off the top of my head, yeah. but I do remember saying, okay, let's play match or scrap when at the start of one quarter, one girl says, yes, that's my favorite game. Like, that's great. All right. So what we're going to do is wait, I, how do you play it? Oh, okay. That's okay. so funny. But I, I do love that you're like, that, that is really co, um, really developing curriculum with yes, students. Yes, yes. And giving them some choice in mm -hmm. that. I think, I'm just with that simple, you know, you could even do that if not on a whole unit level, even right. on a, a lesson level or, right. you know, vocabulary level of some sort, yep. you know. So um, I, I, I don't, love that. I don't give a lot of vocabulary. Um, I will give like some basic stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, relevant to what we're doing. But I like, I like to tell them, hey, you go out and do this, you find what's relevant to you. Um, because your context is different than mine. Mm -hmm. You know, and we can take a look at we can take a look at this stuff here, but branch out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I like to do is uh, reflections. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll ask them at the start of the class, you know, at the start of the course, what are some things that you want to learn in this class? And so I'll take mm-hmm. some ideas from there. Um, one thing that I always like to do in January, though, I, I, will, I will say this. One thing I always like to do in January is talk about science and technology. Okay. That, that's an AP theme. Mm. But coming back from the holidays, everyone has their new headphones, their new, their devices. new Apple watches, their new smartphones, you know? That's great. I never so, thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like to do technology after after the holidays. And so like what's new, what's just come out. So you have, I mean, loads of, you know, grammar structures right there. What yeah. is new, what has just come out, mm-hmm. things like that. Being able to compare and contrast this year's iPhone with last year's iPhone. I love um, it. You know, for, for our conditional friends talking about like, what do you think? would happen what would happen next year what what did happen in the past did those predictions come true you know you can go through a whole slew of things but yeah i really like that i love that too because i was just thinking one of those uh skills with the communication we talked about you know using a language for a purpose Mm -hmm. and again like debating which is better right is it is a samsung we have this debate a lot in my house whether the iphone iPhone or the samsung is better right Uh, and the pluses and the minuses i i could see that you know try or trying to um you know persuade somebody for you know or something i think you know what i think there's a lot of really great uh ideas in there that would Uh really get kids excited too i think that's um you, have a P- awesome. you already have a PS4. Why do you need a PS5? You know, right? Why are, right. Why are you migrating from Xbox to PS5 or right. whatever? You know, yeah, lots yeah. of stuff. Bringing in all so, that that interest, yeah. and, and get yeah. some critical uh, critical debate going in there. I bet for sure. Yes, 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 and it's so great because they they are very opinionated. Oh, yes. They will tell you exactly give why. Give them a chance. Right. <laughs> yes, give them a chance. Uh, you know, I also think it'd be fun uh, with that. I'm just kind of, I love just, you know, going off on these tangents. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the uh, 21st century skills, again, is like critical thinking and problem solving. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even giving them some parameters and having them make some choices or mm-hmm. decisions and being able to talk about those in, tar- in the target language, you know, mm-hmm. like as a class, if we could buy one, you know, uh, one new technology, you know, device of some sort, mm-hmm. could, let's all agree or in small groups, what would we buy? Mm-hmm. Right. And why would we do it and have them use some collu- you know, collaboration skills, mm-hmm. have them use some, you know, problem solving and negotiating and, you know, making compromises and things like all of those things are what happen right in life so i can i think any area any topic we can add creativity collaboration you know all of those things if we think about it and deliberately that's one of the things that i like about our state standards now that were revised in 2017 Mm-hmm. So before the Tennessee state standards had certain concepts, you know, be able to be able to greet, you know, informally, be able to greet formally, you know, be able to mm-hmm. recite something or other, be able, you know, it was very right, concrete right. things. A lot of the states in the country had to that, had that as well. Mm-hmm. But with the actual revisions that have come out, Tennessee rev- revised their standards in 2017. So when you look at when you look at it now, it says the novice level speaker reader, communicator will be able to do, and it's all grammar functions. Mm-hmm. I mean, lang- you know, language functions, things language like that. Mm-hmm. It's not, 
talk to, say three different mm-hmm. things, you know? So I think with that, that has also provided me with a lot of, with a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. to be able to look at the function and to look right. at my, my anchor texts, you know, my authentic resources and pull from there and say, okay, this is how I'm going to frame a lesson. Absolutely. It does. It, it does give more, um, because I always, more, more, um, just choice, like you said, mm-hmm. and more freedom, because again, if you're looking at a language function of, you know, compare and contrast, or I can, you know, describe or influence mm-hmm. somebody's decision, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's those grammar terms that are implied yeah. <laughs> through all of that, right. but there are various ways to say it, you mm-hmm. know, at, or, and how to express that. And you can really do it with any topic, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to compare and contrast, you can compare and contrast foods, you can compare and contrast families, mm-hmm. you can compare and contrast, you know, communities, you can compare mm-hmm. and contrast all kinds of things, right? And so it really does give that um, opportunity for us to be proactive and yes. to be intentional and therefore choose meaningful contexts mm-hmm. that students care about and that they can use some of these, you know, kind of skills for. Um, I think, I think if, you know, um, if teachers would look at, you know, their, their curriculum, whatever that might be, and looked at the topics (laughs) that they Mm -hmm. have, Mm -hmm. um, and really looked at how you can turn those into deep and meaningful themes and thematic units and then based on students. Exactly. Um, I think there's a lot of places we can go with that. And I think also just think of the kinds of input mm-hmm. our students are receiving and how, you know, like yeah. our, our students, we talked, we talked about this in our, in our conversation the, the other day, yeah. like people talk about, you know, students are tech savvy and they know how to do this. And so no students are tech handy, mm-hmm. you know, they have something in their hands, but how do they, one, how do they engage with others? And two, how can they make it work for them? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think even thinking about authentic resources and pushing that out to students is a different is a different kind of type of conversation to have. Mm-hmm. You know, because we are. I was at a again. I was at a Tennessee conference the other the other week. And, Sounds like it was a good one. Oh my gosh, it really was. <laughs> it really That's was. Awesome. But I was in a workshop, and we mentioned. You know, I had a small group that was working. Uh, I was working with a small group, and then the moderator comes over and she says great I'm so glad you mentioned this topic because there's this online magazine that just already did you know xyz like okay that's great so I you know I purchased that 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 magazine so that's something that our students have access to you know just at the just at the touch of a button that we didn't have access to maybe even starting our careers you know absolutely so I think it's important for us to stay up to date with it and not just Say, oh, the students should learn this, the students should learn that. Well, we're the ones who have to teach them. Right. And and the fact is, um, and I'm a I'm a brain research, like I love it. Like mm-hmm. I'm super that's probably I'm more I'm just as geeky about that as I am with languages. Uh-huh. And and when we talk about students being interested in something, um, if they're not interested and it doesn't relate to their lives, it doesn't matter at all what we want mm-hmm. or what we think. It right. really doesn't because it is not going to enter into their sphere. They're not going to really, it's not going to get past, you know, past the first level mm-hmm. of, of caring and they're not going to acquire it. They're not going to, you know, I did, I did not acquire math um, in high school <laughs> to a high level or to a high degree. Right. Um, yeah. 
I think nowadays I probably would do better because there is more mm. context around a lot of it. You okay. know, like I, I can see a purpose for it now, whereas when I was, you know, young and didn't know and didn't care. Um, but I didn't require that, acquire that long term, right. right? Because I didn't care. Um, so when we get, sometimes I think as teachers, we get super, we get geeky, you know, we geek out on some certain topics yeah. or some things and we just really have to look at it and, and, and ask our students, like, like you said, is this something we care about? Is this something right. we want to learn about? Is this something that is meaningful to you? Right. Or is there a different way we could approach this? Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when we bring into, I think this, going back to this partnership, this student-teacher partnership, when they see that we care about them and mm-hmm. we care about their opinion, then that that helps them feel assured that, yes, I can feel vulnerable in a certain sense. I can take mm-hmm. risks and I can really partner with my teacher. My teacher cares about me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think we can under um, undervalue that or underestimate the power of right. that of that experience. Right. Um, I did when I, um, I know a lot of teachers are coming to this idea. I think that because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, when I went, I was in the classroom and I did teach virtual school mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it had its, you know, frustrations. It had some good things about it. But one of the things I, I tell people that I learned as a teacher, and if I ever would have went back into the classroom, um, I would have been such a better teacher for this. Oh, okay. And that is when I stood in front of a class, and we even say it, a class in the single singular form, mm-hmm. right? When I stood in front of 30 students, they were like third hour or fourth hour. Mm-hmm. They were batched all together into one bunch when yeah. I was in the physical classroom. When I was virtual, it was 30 individual students, right? Mm-hmm. And they were to- they were individual people. They were no longer grouped into a big chunk that I could just kind of lump together. Um, And it really did change my perspective on students and learning and that relationship piece. And I think, um, you know, lots of very, very frustrating things with the whole pandemic teaching and that sort of thing. But I think there are some maybe benefits or things that teachers can take away from that and in mm-hmm. that individual student and, and that connection yes. to the individual students, not just a whole class of people, mm-hmm. I think is something valuable um, that I've heard a lot of teachers uh, mention. Um, as, yes. as you go back into that classroom, mm-hmm. you still have that experience and you still have that connection and that, mm-hmm. that mindset's, you know, changed to some extent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause it's like, because you're seeing who that student was right or who that who that little name was at the bottom of their black screen you know it's like mm-hmm. oh oh you're so and so oh i'm so i'm so glad to see you it's so nice to see you you know and i have students yeah. i have students who were in my class last year that haven't been in my class this semester it's like oh i look forward to seeing you next semester you know you're so and so it's mm-hmm. good to see you how's that such and such you know yeah. so yeah we have that when we have that online connection because that's that's where they live I mean, mm-hmm. like we're 21 years into the century. That's where a lot of you and I live too, you know? <laughs> yes, it, it's true. It's but true. Um, yeah, having that, having that connection means so much to them. Yeah, it, it, re- I, yeah. I really think it does. I think that when, and I know um, one of the, a, a lot of teachers would talk about, you know, and I even feel it as a presenter and a trainer, you know, when I'm, pre- I've got my camera on and I'm like, presenting myself out Mm -hmm. to the world and the the screens are off, right? Mm -hmm. It may be frustrating for me and frustrating for teachers, 
but those those students when they were all looking at one person they Mm -hmm. were still connecting back through the screen to us even if we didn't feel necessarily that connection to them yeah and at the end of the day um we might get our energy from their connection but what they're getting from a connection with us is is even is even deeper as far as their you know uh, willingness to take risks and make mistakes mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. learn and grow and communicate and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And because since they are and I think it's easier for them now to transfer those kinds of caring skills and collaboration mm-hmm. even with us with with the teachers because they're already doing that like we mentioned before they're already doing that on their games. They're already yep. doing that when they when they view and interact each other with each other's Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok already doing that when they're texting and this is another thing too that i've noticed you know older people always say well kids don't know how to communicate these days because they're all you know because they're all texting right they're not texting anymore they're all on facetime right isn't that interesting it's like really it's like went the opposite way like yes when i when i text my son he's like what is this like right it's like (laughs) we why did you just call or facetime or even send an audio message you know right like right. Marco Polo, you know, those kinds of things. Like they're not yeah. texting anymore. And yeah. that's so interesting. And I think that has facilitated, well, I'm going to put on my teacher hat now, but I think that mm-hmm. has facilitated our interpersonal interpersonal speaking mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. it's not, I think it takes down that effective filter also is that it's not just a task that I need to do. It's something that I'm already used to doing. It's just now in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Right. And I right. think, I think the pandemic has kind of accelerated that as well. Because students were at home on quarantine, not doing anything else, ex- but on their phone. Right. You know, let me tell you, my battery went down so much last year. <laughs> <laughs> I used that. I was charging two and three times a day, you know, right. but that's how, that's how things are. And I think the more, I think the more teachers can embrace those ideas, I think the more teachers can embrace those ideas and kind of meet the students a little bit more where they are. Mm-hmm. then I think everyone's going to be a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. Um, the students are going to feel more empowered that they can do these things. It's things, oh, I'm already doing this. I just need to shift a little bit. And then, yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think teachers will be a little bit happier too because they won't feel like they have to beat their head up against a wall, you know, trying to get these students to conform. Right. You know, and I think... I, uh, another thing I mentioned in that, another thing we mentioned in our conference was uh-huh. that it was a much more casual flow. Like, like teachers were dressed more casually, you know, and mm-hmm. someone said, well, the pandemic, we're used to working at home. You yeah. know, we're not used to wearing dress clothes anymore. So I think the more those, the more teachers can embrace a little bit more of these newer strategies, working with these skills, and they'll be a little bit more comfortable because the students, they'll see the students will want to engage a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that's interesting too, because I know when I first started teaching, talking about clothing, mm-hmm. right? You you dress the way you dress professional so that you are treated professional and yes. you build, you build, you do build that. You, I mean, I was definitely trained to build that wall between mm-hmm. you and the students. It was definitely not a student teacher partnership. Right. Like we're, like we're talking about, I was told to be the expert. I am the one that knows it. I know the grammar. I know the words. I choose the words. I choose the way, you know, this whole thing goes down. Right. Like it was very much scripted. Um, and really that is not how way, 
A, that's not how real life works, right? right. And right. B, that is just not, um, I, I don't know that that got us where we wanted to be, right? Oh, so yeah. I think it, I think you're right. I think everything has kind of shifted a little bit to more, you know, it may be informal um, relationships. And I think that is something that, that teachers are, I hear a lot of teachers talking about that was one of the benefits mm-hmm. of, of coming out of this, you know, kind of that they're bringing with them to the classroom is those student relationships. Yes. Um, now there's other challenges, of course, <laughs> that, that are, that teachers are dealing with, mm-hmm. but, but that, that uh, I think the, the, also the focusing on social emotional learning, you know, yeah. talking about, um, you know, kind of decluttering your, you know, your curriculum to focus on what's more, you know, most important. I think right. there's a lot of different shifts in teaching that I'm seeing, that are 21 years overdue, you know, that these are things that we've been, you know, talking about as far as these 21st century sort of skills. Right. I think, I really think access to technology has enabled us to do a lot of these things over the past Mm -hmm. 20 years. Um, But again, there are so many, again, after with the pandemic, everyone's at home on their phones, tablets, computers, there's more access to resources like social emotional learning. There's mm-hmm. more access to things like mm-hmm. digital di- digital literacy, 21st mm-hmm. century skills, you know, because we're we're all in the middle of it. So if I'm feeling some kind of way, I can only imagine what my students are feeling. You know, with my students yep. who I have students, I live in the same neighborhood as a lot of the students from my school, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling XYZ and mm-hmm. I have xyz set of circumstances you know then what are my students feeling what are they Mm -hmm. going through what about the student who relies on school for their meals what about the student who cannot get to school regularly because of transportation issues or the student whose parent who lives in a single parent home and that parent works two jobs overnight and then doesn't get home until six in the morning you know these are real things that that we deal with and so yeah. I think living through the pandemic and having access to resources like social emotional learning helps me be, and good training too, kind of mm-hmm. helps me think, okay, these are some things that I can work with the student about, mm-hmm. you know? I think, yeah. And I think too, like you said, I, I think we, um, we knew these things. Like I've yes. always known in my head, yes, these things about students, right? We've always had professional development about, you know, student circumstances mm-hmm. and things. But again, until you really are connected one-on-one with students and you see the the things that they're going through and you experience it along with them. Yeah. Um, because not very often do adults experience the same things mm-hmm. as young people at the same time. Like we may have experienced these things when we were teenagers, but there's not a lot that are parallel. But when we were all in this situation mm-hmm. together, I feel like we just have this, this, you know, uh, just this experience bank that we all share. Yes. And so how do we leverage that for you know, relationships and, and learning, right. And, and yes. how can we, you know, leverage in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, how can we use mm-hmm. those, those things that we've learned, you know, to connect our content to our students' lives mm-hmm. in, a, in a real and meaningful way. And to, for us to be, you know, vulnerable and for us to, 
not have the exact answers of what needs to happen, mm-hmm. right? And the, all the words that they have to know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it gives us a lot of freedom. Um, and and it, I feel like it allows us to be creative. And it, le- yeah. and it allows us as teachers to solve problems and mm-hmm. to think in new and in unusual and different sort of ways. And, yes. and, and it gives us some you know, opportunities as well, if we're not exhausted and, <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> and exactly. burnt out, you know, I mean, there, that is also very, very real. And I don't want to, you know, yeah. not acknowledge that as well. Yeah. Right? So what would you say would be some areas that you would uh, recommend teachers to think about besides, I know we talked about like really being deliberate and thoughtful with like Mm -hmm. digital resources and technology and teaching how to do things Mm -hmm. and how to access, you know, content language, um, content. Um, but also are there any other ways you'd recommend teachers to start bringing in some of these 21st century skills like collaboration and critical thinking and problem solving in, you know, in different ways into what they already do maybe. I think providing providing students the providing students the format to have a task or figure out a problem and do that online mm-hmm. um, in the LMS in a Google Docs kind of system, you know that that sort of thing. They need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was first starting out with this kind of digital literacy thing, I would put a framework like an outline up on the whiteboard or on the projector. And I assigned different students different topics of things in order to uh, complete the, the outline. So they had there, I shared the document with them. They got, they went right in, they knew what to do. Then this is back in 2013, 2014, you know? <laughs> so these are the kinds of, which I know sounds so long ago, but I know, right? I know. <laughs> but those are the kinds of things that, and that has now migrated to working in, you know, small groups like breakout rooms and things like that. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of things that, we need to really foster. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really put a focus on interpersonal writing mm-hmm. as of late, because that's where I see my students need those skills. Um, interpersonal. And students- they're so much more useful now than I feel like I always yeah. be like, when, when would you interpersonal write? Like not very often, right? right? Because usually it's a slower process and it turns into presentational really longer that time lapse. Um, But with texting, instant messages, you know, my job working remotely, I'm always in interpersonal writing. Like that's pretty much the majority of what I do, right? So it's definitely a skill that that students need. And like you said, it's already something that they can relate to, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I've also done um, a lot more video assignments Mm -hmm. um, and showing them how to do that. And here's the thing too, I need to be well-versed in the in the assignment, in the technology or the app or whatever I'm using in order to show them. So mm-hmm. that has really pushed my game. Um, I love using Instagram. I think Instagram mm-hmm. is a, Instagram and Twitter are both great ways for teachers to get involved um, as a beginning, as a way to connect with other teachers, but also as a way to show their students, okay, this is something that, this is, a, this is one, this is how I'm living out the target culture. Mm-hmm. Two, this shows me that I'm a regular person. So I post about mm-hmm. my kids and I post about, you know, what we're doing and where we are and all that good stuff. But it also, like even doing um, Instagram story, 
Mm-hmm. I had I wanted my students to describe themselves and what they're what they're wearing and what they like and things like that. Regular exercise, typical, we know how to do that. But I had some students say, wait, this was last year. So I said, students say, I don't know how to do this. How can I work it? So I, I did a story. I uploaded the picture, did a little story, showed the emojis, things like that, and then uploaded the video as an exemplar. They're like, oh, okay, I can do that, mm-hmm. you know? So I think being able to get in there with them, mm-hmm. I think is much more important now than it was not even 20 years ago, than five years ago. Mm-hmm. Getting getting into the trenches with them because they they're used to that. Like you were saying again, going back to the gaming, you yeah. know, they're used to that. Um, was it RPG? Mm-hmm. No, that, is that is yeah, that right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Girl, I should. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. My my son would be RP, role playing role playing games. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. My kids do Roblox. That's just, you know they they they're ten and nine, so that's a little. I'm, they're not into like the multiplayer. Right. You know, Xbox Universe, or whatever, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Like they it, will be. I know my gosh. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, getting into that because there are you they are used to working alongside other people and figuring th- figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Um I used to be a lot more hands-off in group work. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm not anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am much mm-hmm. more hands-on. Um I check in a lot more with with students than I used to, I think. Um, one, because I think they, because they need that feedback and two, I want to make sure that they understand that this is a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so often we teachers are, you, you know, we, I think so often we teachers use group work as like a, as like a break, you know, okay, you, you you all figure it out. I'm just going (laughs) to take a break. I'm going to sip on my coffee over here, you know, check some email, send it back a report to the principal that I'm already a day late on. You guys just work, you know, but it really is. I tell you the move ring on my Apple watch is just, it fills up (laughs) every day just for me living my life. Yeah. You know, cause I'm circulating, I'm checking in with students. I'm checking in like, you know, how's this going? How did you think about this? Did you think about that? No longer, no longer do I see group work as you all figure it out Mm -hmm. because they're not going to. Right. Right. That's one of those skills they need to be directly exactly. taught and, ex- and experienced. Right? Exactly. And if, if I do just let them figure it out, this, this has happened to me. I just let them figure it out and then they don't arrive at the outcome that I wanted them to arrive at. Right. So that's another reason why I'm, I'm in there. Did you think about this? What about that? What about this other thing? How can you push yourself? These are things I know that any any manager, director, mm-hmm. project coordinator, it's going to have them thinking about as well, no matter what sector they're in. Yeah, absolutely. So I have some absolutely. students, I have some students and I have had students who are like, you can't tell me nothing. I'm so, <laughs> you can't, I'm not doing this. Bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, if I, if I had a boss tell me this, I'd straight up, well, you can't do that. You can't do that to your boss. Because they're going to fire you. Well, I'll just be fired then. No, no. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> not how that works. You need to pay for that phone. You need to pay for that job, you, that that car, that gas, you know. So you need to be able to work with other people and take feedback, take criticism, you know. Yeah. I think that's, that's a hard true. thing that I know me as a teacher. Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. just want to be told that I'm doing a good job. You know, that's <laughs> just good stuff, please. Just good stuff. 
but that's a yeah. skill that I need to work on for myself. But also I think it's important, it is important for our students to understand, okay, I can do a good job and still receive a critique on how to make things better. Yeah, that's not, they're not exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. That doesn't right. mean you're doing a terrible job, right? Right. I, I love that. And I think for me, um, so I love just bringing in that deliberate collaboration, mm-hmm. growing that, teaching that, right? Bringing in those tech skills, bringing in those real life sort of circumstances um, and telling them that this is, you know, valuable in life beyond Spanish mm-hmm. class or French mm-hmm. class or German class or whatever. Um I think for me, the the one area that I would love teachers to look at is is really what we're doing with the language and how we are having students interact with it, mm-hmm. you know, um, beyond identify and describe, right? Yes. And so I think really at looking at your, whether it's the vocabulary, the authentic research you're doing, and seeing if you can have students make choices, like mm-hmm. give them a problem to solve and make choices. Mm-hmm. And it, and it can be as simple as, you know, um, looking at menus, looking at a variety of authentic menus and looking at what would be, you know, if you and I, Paul, you and I are going to go out to eat and there's three restaurants, which one would we pick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, based on, um, you know, different restrictions that we might have that, you know, food restrictions or allergies or whatever, like take what we know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I'm trying to eat healthy, you know, et cetera. You know, I'm gluten free. You're gluten free. There you go. You're gluten free, you know, so we can talk about those things, like identify those characteristics, but then how can we add some sort of choice? You know, Mm -hmm. how can we add some sort of decision making sort of and negotiation of that and compromise? Mm -hmm. Because when it comes down to it, when you and I go out to eat, that's what it's going to be, right? So if I'm picking someplace that is all carbs, you know, and all bread, (laughs) you know, that's not going to work, right? Right. So, you know, um, you know, how do we, how do we get students, you know, to to, to be able to get those, some of those kind of skills that they need and not just life in, in their work life, but also just in, in life of being, you know, fully fledged, you know, adult human beings and stuff. So, you know, looking at your curriculum, looking at, you know, your context of things and seeing where you can add that, where you can give students choice, when you can get them to think a little deeper about something, when you can just let them be creative. It's just, I think we sometimes, um, I was just talking to somebody um, and sometimes we're we're very serious. Like Mm -hmm. we, you know, and we're, we're super like, yes, we of course want to have them learn the language and the culture and all of that. But sometimes you just need to be creative, right? Mm-hmm. And have fun and, and create new language, create new, you know, products that right. have never been thought of before, right? right? And innovative. And, and to do that in the target language, mm-hmm. wow, like that's mm-hmm. fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to do things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Any other ideas or thoughts you want to bring up before you before we kind of wrap this up? This has been a great conversation. I've loved it. I loved it. I was just thinking about that Steve Buscemi meme from Thirty Rock, where he walks in the high school. Hello, fellow kids. You right? know, first of all, Thirty Rock is one of my favorite shows ever. That's but awesome. walking into Hello, fellow kids, I think. I think that's, I think it's okay to do that sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and engaging our students, engaging, you know, youth culture, air quotes or whatever, whatever you want to 
whatever you want to say, but I think it's okay to meet them where they are. And I think, um, so in my session at our conference, uh-huh. I had a couple of students in a, in a Skype call come in and present with me. And one of my Fantastic. students said, oh, it was great. It was great. That's awesome. One of my students said, you know, we actually like the corny jokes. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, don't be afraid to be corny. Don't be afraid to like talk about the last airbender mm-hmm. or whatever, because that's going to pique their interest. Like what you know mm-hmm. about, you know, or like when you talk about, you mentioned your son's, your son's games, yeah. like talking about this, talking about, you know, getting into that game. So those kinds of things will really pique their interest. And yeah. I think once you've hooked them, like good teaching is good teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. 1981, 2001, 2021, good teaching mm-hmm. is good teaching. It may look a little different now. Yes, it does look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a lot of ways it should look different just because of where we are. Um, the school I first started teaching in, the school itself was over 200 years old, like the, the entity. And the building mm-hmm. was at least over 100 years old. And so it had those desks, though the wooden box desks with the wrought iron feet that were bolted to the floor, you know, and the seat of one was connected to the desk of the other. That's how a lot of these classrooms were. Wow. And I think, and this was, you know, back in 2005. And so I think now in 2021, a lot of us still have that mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, Good teaching in 1901 was good teaching in 2001, but it looked different. Mm-hmm. You know, and now that we're in 2021, it needs, it needs to look different, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I think, and I think this is a good opportunity whenever there's a disruption. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good ac- opportunity for us to take stock mm-hmm. at what we did before, what we should keep doing, what we should get rid of and how we should move on and really reflect. And, and I, and I do think, you know, with all of the, the, terrible things that have come with this pandemic and there's been lots um it has kind of been also a an opportunity to reset and rethink Mm -hmm. and kind of reevaluate and reflect on what we've done and what we want to do moving forward um and so never what i don't know who said it was a churchill that said never let a good um crisis go to waste oh or something like that that sounds <laughs> wonderful I, I never let it go i never let a good crisis go to waste i i shouldn't i think it was for churchill i think I i'll look it up that before, but great. i could be yeah look it up i could be totally wrong but but i always thought that was you know telling like you know live and live and learn right live right. Through it and, and, and learn something you know as we move forward so um right. i okay one last thing before we go yes and then and this has been a great great conversation i've really loved it and yeah, one of the things um i do love just talking with people and just this is where we're at right now this mm-hmm. is what we're thinking today yeah. right and i'm going to ask you if you could sit down and have a cup of coffee or tea or some other beverage with someone Mm -hmm. um it doesn't have to be education it can just be anyone that you're wanted to learn or talk about Uh who would that be and what would you want to talk about what's something that's on your mind that you're curious about or you want to explore with somebody gosh put me on the spot like i know i forgot i didn't tell you ahead of time sometimes i tell my guests and sometimes sometimes i forget let's see but i get good responses either way so i know (laughs) i I think I would want to talk with Jacques Prévert. 
Okay, who's that? He is a, or was a French author. Okay. And he does a lot of these like fun little, fun little poems related to animals mostly. Okay. Um, so like, une fourmi de 18 mètres, that kind of thing. Like an ant, an ant that, that is 18 meters, 18 meters tall. That doesn't exist. Ça n'existe pas, ça n'existe pas. He does another one that, um, la grenouille qui voulait être si grand comme un boeuf. The, the frog that wanted to be as big as a as big as a cow, so not quite fably kind of things. But I would okay. just like to, I would just like to talk with him about like what is your inspiration? Why animals? You know, I love it. that's so. Fun. I that think that so I think fun. that'd be great to talk to him, like just to get in his brain, right, yes. and get behind yes. what he did. The, I love that. The little poems that I remember from my French class in high school were are from from him. So that's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That, and I didn't know you spoke French actually. Well, so there you go. <laughs> I'm actually, I should sneak this in, but I'm actually teaching a French two course in high wow. school this year. Um, our French teacher, um, our French teacher chose to change jobs. And so I'm, you know, we had all these, all these students. So yeah, I'm teaching a French two course. Well, good. That's fantastic. So, yeah. Get out there and do something new and try yes. and good for you. Yes. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate you being here today. And um, in the description, I'll put your Twitter so people can reach out and, and touch base with you. All that hate mail. Been... <laughs> oh, no. There's... <laughs> no, no hate mail. It's all good. Yeah. Um, thank we, you so much, it's, Michelle. It's all important. Thank you for talking with me about this. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. for joining us today in the Language Lounge. If you like what you've heard, please hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. And we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. I'd like to hear what you thought about today's episode. You can reach me on Twitter at at LangLoungePod or send me an email at podcast at wayside publishing.com. Thanks for listening.